Hey everyone, welcome to 41 Strong Podcast. My name is Chuck Tate. Great to have you joining us today. 41 Strong is a podcast that delivers encouraging scriptures and stories to help people like you hold on and stand strong. For more information about the number 41 or 41 Strong, you can visit my website, Chuck E. Tate. Com. That's like Chuck E. Cheese without the cheese, ChuckETate.com. Well, today is episode 122, and I have a very special guest on the phone all the way from Austin, Texas. Her name is Whitney Gossett. She is an agent and director of author relations for the Fed Agency, which just happens to be the agency that represents me. They have held my hand on my publishing journey, so I'm so grateful for them, specifically Whitney. Whitney, thanks for being on 41 Strong today. Thank you for having me, Chuck. It's a special day for us to be talking. We are celebrating four years since uh, we signed your publishing contract. So what a fun way to celebrate um, and to be talking together today. It is. It is so exciting. And I just so appreciate um, you taking time to, to to help celebrate. It popped up on my, my time hop four years ago yesterday, to be exact, is when I heard my name called and I kind of... Um, Walked up to the stage a little bit um, wobbly, <laughs> and uh, and uh, my life really has changed since since that moment. It's been incredible. I didn't know then um, how God was going to use forty one will come, but but He has, and I'm so grateful for you and Esther and everyone in the Fed family to help me navigate um, uncharted waters. And now here we are, four years later, and I, I feel like I had a I have a pretty pretty good grasp on on the publishing world. <laughs> you do, and it's such a fun journey to go on. And even just looking back up on these four years, all the stories that um, you know we've both gotten to hear of lives that have been changed as a result of this message. And you know, when people say, "Why do you love your job?" I always go back to those letters that come into our office or those emails that come into my inbox every day of. Um, you know, marriages that are saved or relationships that are restored or people that have come to know Christ as a result of these books and yours being one of them. And that's why uh, I get up in the morning. That's why I work hard. That's why, uh, you know, I probably take phone calls late at night that I shouldn't be taking. But um, feeling like I have a little tiny part in what God's doing through these messages is just a blessing. Um, And the letters we get about 41 will come and the stories that you share with us. Uh, just so life-giving and such a cool way that we get to honor God by um, using his people and the messages he gives his people and helping get get them out there to as many uh, hands as we can. And get them out there, you guys do, as you guys represent, correct me if I'm wrong, but more than 200 authors and 50 New York Times best-selling books. Is that correct? It is. It's busy. Wow. Wow. Well, let's talk a little bit about the publishing world. And um, I also want to say thank you for having your little baby, your little boy, Thomas. He modeled the very first 41 Will Come model, right? I, I posted that picture not too long ago. So <laughs> thank you. And congratulations, officially. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a fun season. And I'm sure all the working moms out there can relate to the uh, the struggles and the challenges of trying to um, be with your family and loving being a mom and trying to also um, work and do a job that I feel like God's called me to do. So it's a challenge and I'm thankful for authors like you who joined me on that personal journey as well and have given me such life-giving advice and counsel and words of encouragement and really cute outfits. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about your, your working role. You work for the Fed agency, and of course, I'm familiar with, with the Fed family since I'm a part of it, but why don't you um, share with our, our viewers and listeners today, what is the Fed agency? Absolutely. So the Fed agency is a literary and entertainment agency. Uh, we're about 15 years old. I've been with the agency about six years now, which is wild. And we represent stories of hope. So we really believe that books have the power to change lives. Um, and it's our job to help steward those messages. So we're a full service agency. Our heartbeat and our focus is books. And so that's really where our clientele is born out of. But then we've really developed around that as well talk about today, I'm sure, um, different services and different ways that we can come beside an author to support them no matter where they are in their journey. So it's so much more now than just writing a book. There's now all sorts of ways that we need to come around a book to get it selling well. So whether that's through an audiobook, whether it's through a podcast like this, whether it's through uh, speaking dates or maybe through social media channels, just being more and more creative about how we steward a message and how we adjust to this changing industry. So it's my job to come beside authors and represent them, be their advocate throughout the publishing process, find them a great champion at a publisher, a publisher publishing partner that we think is going to support and encourage and uh, come alongside and in, in bringing their message to more people. And then um, as a team here at the Fed Agency, we're always trying to figure out new ways um, to grow an author's reach and an author's platform beyond their book. So we've got a number of TV shows in development. We've got a film that we're working on, uh, just all different areas of entertainment. But our heartbeat and our core is still coming alongside authors like you, uh, representing their book ideas and helping them find a publishing partner and create a publishing strategy. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. And, you know, when you mentioned Audible uh, books, it kind of reminded me of a, of a funny story. Obviously, 41 Will Come was, was, was licensed with Oasis Audio, and I had the opportunity to, to travel to Chicago to record my own audiobook and or I should say narrate the audiobook and here's something I don't think I've ever ever told you and um, it's kind of embarrassing but I have a little bit of excuse with my hearing but as we were as we were as I was reading and narrating and um, there's a point in the book where I actually mentioned Esther Federkevich who is the founder of the Fed agency yes. um, up to that point I had always mispronounced her name I had always thought <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was uh, Fedorkovich, all right? And um, and the producer stops me and goes, wait, what? What did you say? And I said it again. He's like, no, 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 no. It's Fedorkovich. I'm like, what? And um, so anyway, yeah, that's that's the guy who wears hearing aids. And um, <laughs> we'll, blame, I, we'll blame the hearing aids on everything, right? Yeah. You know, the, the crazy thing about recording an audiobook is it's so much harder than people think. And I have so many authors that are great communicators. They might be pastors. They might be speakers. They might even be an actor. And you get them in the studio and they think, oh, this is going to be so easy. I read. I speak. You know, I'm used to being in front of people. I'm used to sharing this message. And it's harder than people expect. You know, what you read and what you hear in your head might not be what you say out loud. Things like being slurry or dropping words happen really regularly. And so I always tell authors when they want to read their audiobook, I'm like, are you sure you want to read your audiobook? <laughs> it's, it's terrible. I've sat in some of those sessions and it's like five days in a box. You know, the words start to go cross-eyed. I mean, it's, it's a big undertaking. So I'm proud of you for getting through it. And if that's the only hiccup, 
uh, I think you're pretty successful. All right. <laughs> well, thank you. I did have, I had a blast. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, of course I present for a living every weekend, three times every weekend, but it was a, um, just a different um, setting, that's for sure, different dynamic, but um, one that I embraced, and uh, I had I had fun with it, but um, I just thought that was a, a nice, funny story. Of course, anyone that's that's watching or listening um, that is a part of our church family, um, then they're probably laughing a little bit extra hard just because they know stories about me getting names mixed up without telling the whole story. There was a woman in our church that, old, she's older, and um, I have, for two years, two and a half years, I called her Betty. And <laughs> no. prayed, prayed with her almost every week in the lobby. Hey, pastor, you know, and um, my secretary was like, I don't think her name's Betty. And so I asked her that next week. She came up to me and she's like, hey, pastor, can you pray with me? And I said, well, before I pray, you know, you've been coming here for like two and a half years and I've always called you Betty. Your name is Betty, right? And she said, no, it's Donna. <laughs> So I wasn't even close. So um, I guess. Well, your message must have been really great that she didn't leave the church after being called <laughs> Betty, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I, I think our hospitality team does a great. I always say that um, everybody from our parkers to greeters to ushers to cafe to the, the band, everybody uh, does such a great job that when I offend them, they've already made up their mind they're coming back. So. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Oh, man. Well, let's, let's um, I mean, Audible books are, are huge right now. So I would like to, I mean, or let me just ask, are, I mean, it seems to me, that's kind of my, uh, my, new, th- my new kick. I, I read, um, I think, believe it or not, no pun intended, but I read 41 books last year. And my goal was 50, but I hit 41. I'm on book number nine right now. I just started The, the Warrior Within, Erwin McManus, which is, is, um, yeah. is, is Erwin represented by, by Fed? He is, and actually his new book came out yesterday, The Way of the Warrior, um, which I highly recommend. He's just a prolific writer and uh, a great friend and um, just a wonderful pastor. So you know, I, I often tell people there's pastors that write and there's writers that pastor. And for a lot of uh, the authors that we represent, they really are writers at heart. Um, and he would be somebody I'd, I'd consider in that category. He's just an amazing writer. He is, and he is my um, kind of my new hero. Of course, my um, my biggest influence is Mark Batterson. But um, after after reading Chasing Daylight and The Last Arrow, um, that inspired a, a four week series at our church. And then now I just I'm on day two of of um, the way of the warrior and um just man yeah just he has a way with words he is just phenomenal i just love him inspired by him so those of you watching and listening go check out erwin anything by erwin mcmanus but specifically the brand new release from yesterday the way of the warrior so 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 good and um, i just love audible books i can't get enough of them i'm just so well you know what's really interesting is that audiobooks have had a huge rise so um Statistics are saying that by 2020, audiobooks are going to surpass ebooks in sales. Um, it's really just the trend of how people are consuming content. And I think as we're in this culture that's always moving and going in a zillion different directions, um, it's easy to listen while you commute, while you're at the gym. I know I'm a new mom. I've got one earbud in listening to an audiobook, you know, often when I'm at the end of my day playing with my baby and, you know, he doesn't talk yet. So <laughs> I'm trying not to turn on the TV and I can have some encouragement in my ear and it makes me a better mom. So there's so many different ways that I think we consume content and, and audio content's just huge on the rise. And so I always challenge authors, you know, if you don't have an audiobook, that's something you should really do. It's a service we provide for the Fed agency. There's lots of people that can help you um, get an audiobook out. 
And it's just a really easy way to um, connect with a different group of people. Specifically, business books are really high in audio sales um, as well as fiction. So those are kind of the two areas where we see a huge jump in sales. Um, but it's a great way to get your message out. And, and we're also seen as a trend that Oftentimes, people will buy an audiobook and they'll be listening to it perhaps, um, you know, on an airplane or while they run, and they'll still buy a physical copy of the book if they really are engaged with that message. And I'm sure you've been been that way, Chuck, too, where you start listening to something, you're so inspired that you want a hard copy to keep on a bookshelf or to underline or, uh, you know, to use in something else that you're doing or to give to a friend. So I encourage authors to all the time, don't think just because you're putting an audiobook out there that people won't buy a physical book we're really seeing that if the message is good they're going to buy multiple formats man that's that's good that's really good in it and that is true um i have purchased many hard copies because i've been inspired by the by the audible version of the book and in fact i've even purchased the kindle version as well um, all three to use as i'm studying like like i mentioned on the last arrow that inspired a, a series and i'm um, another another book was Kill the Spider by Carlos Whitaker. They inspired a, a series to where I listened to the Audible version. I purchased hard copies. We sold copies at our church. I purchased the Kindle copy. So uh, good stuff. Well, let, let's let's talk for a second to um, specifically for aspiring writers who are watching and listening and they're hearing you talk about the the rising trend of, of Audible books and their desire, their dream is to be published. They have a story to tell and a story to share. So how does someone get your attention? That's a great question. Um, we look at three things we often say uh, when we're looking at a potential author, a potential proposal. Um, they've got to have a great idea. You know, that's number one. Um, it's got to be a story that no one's heard. It's got to be something that we go, I never read the Bible in that way. Um, it's got to be a, a uh, you know, a, a really fantastic idea. I can't tell you how many times I see a submission to our agency and it's the purposeful driven life or it's your best life tomorrow. And, you know, <laughs> when we see these messages that we've heard a million times or it feels like something we already know, um, that's going to always be a no for us. So a really great new fresh idea. Um, the second thing is going to be somebody who can write, you know, Having a great idea is one thing. You've got to actually be able to put it on paper. Um, a lot of times I'll talk with people who have a great desire. God's put a desire in their heart to write a book, but they haven't put pen to paper yet. And I would challenge you if you're listening right now and you're saying, um, you know, I'm waiting until I get a publishing deal. I'm waiting until I get an agent um, to to really see that as an excuse and put that aside and really just start writing. You know, Mark Batterson, who you referenced, he's one of our authors and um, just an incredible pastor and incredible author um, that I know both you and I are great fans of, Chuck. And he says all the time that if God's called you to write, um, you're being disobedient to not start writing. And so I would really challenge people to start writing, you know, get that message down. Um, that's the first step. And then the third thing we really look for is platform. And that's a really scary thing. I think it's something that um, if you're a, an aspiring writer and you hear me say that right now, you're probably shuddering and going, oh, I don't want to have that conversation. Um, but publishing's changing. And I look at it as a positive and exciting thing um, because there's so many more ways for us to get words out. There's so many more ways for the author to reach an audience and reach people. And we get to be creative and we get to try new things. And I think that's a huge opportunity. Awesome. And, but 
what that also means is that for publishers, they're really struggling to figure out how to sell books. You know, they've been built to sell to bookstores and then have bookstores that sell to the end user. And what's happened now is as bookstores close, um, you know, family Christian bookstores that have closed down, Lifeway just announced they're closing more stores. And so as that happens, really there's been this shift of authors needing to um, know how to sell their own books. And so publishers are looking for authors that have an avenue to to an end user, authors that have an email list, authors that have um, a, a big speaking schedule, authors that have a successful podcast. They're looking for an author that knows already who their audience is and is reaching them in some way. So I always say those are kind of the three things we're looking for. Um, you don't necessarily have to have all three, but you have to have at least two. Okay. In fact, uh, I unpacked all three um, last week on our podcast. In fact, the last two podcasts that I've done, um, I actually shared some of my notes from Rewrite, and um, I still have notes from Esther's talk at the 2013 Rewrite Conference on Backstage to Publishing. I've gone through it, and um, I want to continue to, even though I'm a published author, I want to get better, and I want to sharpen my you know, my tools, so to speak. And and that's why I've read more in the last couple of years because I know my next book's going to be so much better because I've read more uh, in the last couple of years than I, than, than I have in several, you know, all the number of years previously c- combined. And I know that's going to make me a better writer. And um, But I, I still have to take the time to, to write. So I'm glad that you, you mentioned that. There's a lot of people, out, and I've had a lot of people approach me that have a lot of great ideas, but but they don't write. They don't have a blog. They, they're... You know they're not reading even so. I mean, if you want to publish, you got to read and you got to you got to spend time writing. You got to work on your craft, develop your craft, and be intentional intentional about building a platform. And that's probably that's probably the the, the hardest one. It that makes um, some people uncomfortable. But um, absolutely, I mean, and you know, I think what I'm encouraged by all the time is that the the book you really need to write is that message that you're going to write even if nobody reads it, that God's given you and it's burning inside of you in such a way that you have to put it to paper, that you can't let it just stay inside of you any longer. And once that happens, I really feel like God blesses that. You know, we always give this great old um, St. Augustine quote, you know, work like it depends on you and pray like it depends on God. And just really believing when you work really hard and you pray really hard, magical and wonderful and supernatural things happen. And so, yes, you know, authors ask me all the time, how many Instagram followers do I need to get published? And there isn't a real answer. You know, I've I've had authors where they've had a million followers and we can't get them a book deal because their idea is terrible. And then we've had authors that really don't have a huge following, but they've got a story that you would never even believe and it's beautifully written and there might be a home for it so it really it really depends and I also think that uh, when you start writing and you start getting your words out there when they change lives and when they affect people people are going to be talking about it they're going to be buying more books they're going to be sharing your blog post and sometimes it's that momentum that can get the attention of a publisher gotcha Gotcha. Well, that's so, so helpful. So I hope those of you that are watching and listening right now are, are inspired by the words that Whitney is sharing. I know I am. I'm, I'm in, I want to just go now and sit in a corner and start, start writing. <laughs> and um, so I hope those of you that are watching and listening, I hope that you're willing to do the same thing because God sets up divine appointments, even moments maybe just like this that will 
become a catalyst to launch you forward on your journey. And um, one such catalyst for me was sitting at Rewrite Conference, a conference hosted by the Fed Agency. And Mark Batterson, who Whitney was just talking about, said those exact same words. If you're called to write and you're not writing, you're living in disobedience. And that is what put me over the edge. And I realized up to that point, I was talking about it, I was preaching about it, but I was not working on it. And I was living in disobedience. So I, that inspired me to start writing, and, um, and here we are four years later um, talking about it. So I want to encourage you right now to, to write. Find out the idea that God has for you and begin working on it. Don't make your goal to be published. Make your goal to change lives through your story, and God will open up doors. Amen. Absolutely. That's great. Well, Whitney, thank you so much for, for taking time as we wrap up. Do you have any any final parting words? Well, I would just say that, uh, you know, I'm a nerd at heart. You know this about me. I love books. I love words. Um, and it's just an honor to be a part of your story, Chuck. I'm so thankful for um, the words you've given all of us and the story that you're continuing to write and the books that I know are coming in the future. So thank you for having me today. And um, I hope that people who are listening will go out and buy a copy of 41 will come if they don't have it already. Or uh, if they do, we'll go out and buy another copy and give it to a friend. Um, that's really how we can help lead people often um, to the gospel is by introducing them through a book. So that's my heart and my, my joy is being a part of things like that. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Whitney, I really uh, appreciate that, appreciate your words, appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us today. So I look forward to, to doing this again in the future. Absolutely. Let's <laughs> do it. All right. Well, my guest has been Whitney Gossett of the Fed Agency. For more information about the Fed Agency, you can go to thefedagency.com or you can go to my website, chuckytate.com, and we will get you the information that you need. Our producer is Mike Sable. I'm Chuck Tate. We look forward to seeing you next week on 41 Strong. PeoriaLife.com.